0: Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys and a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance, The Truth About Child Loss by The Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.RenegadeSoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You are worth it. All right. Good evening, America. Welcome back to Two Guys and the Mic Sunday edition. Um, Pretty much our Cleveland Browns wrap-up show. And we also want to discuss other um, sports topics as well. And I'm one of your hosts, Big Sean. What's poppin', Big Sean? Uh, Hello, America. Hello, Cleveland. Hello, All around, any of our fans, all of our fans. uh, I am Ron Pierce, your co-host. You feeling good today, bro? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm stressed, but I feel (laughs) good. Like I could enjoy this victory a whole lot more, but they stressed me out so much. Listen, I'm just now at a point where I can enjoy it. You are the 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 most pessimistic. Browns fan. Yeah. I, and listen, and I'm pretty pessimistic. I'm pretty pessimistic. <laughs> Let's not forget. Yeah. I don't want nobody to I don't want this to go past anybody. I even though I didn't think we were gonna go over sixteen after the first week, I was like, Man, we might go over sixteen. <laughs> so I'm pretty pessimistic too. This dude is the most pessimistic guy I know. However, this is my man, so um we can relax. Look. We can relax a little bit, toast yes, it up a little, a little bit. I mean, we won the yeah, – we we
1: uh,
0: today was a was – a, oh, wait. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Yes, sir. Today was one of those games that we all looked at and said, whatever's happened over the last two weeks, we almost dismissed it depending on what happened today. Right, exactly. This was de- definitely a litmus test for the
1: Cleveland
0: Browns. So it was was good to see, because there were some things, and we'll get more in-depth into those things that happened during the game, but uh, there were some things that happened in the game that really had probably not just me, every Browns fan on the planet, uh, concerned and a little bit wary, but they found a way to get around some of those things. But overall, I was pretty pleased. Um, and well, again, we'll we'll address some of that stuff as we get a little deeper into the show. So, in general, we start off our Sunday shows talking about because it's in the evening. We always have a pre-game. What we expect, especially when it comes to the Browns game, Sean, Go ahead and uh, start with your pre-game. Uh, what you anticipated, what you thought you might see. Uh, right. right. Um, I thought this game would come down to Baker Mayfield's arm because I thought the Cowboys were key on the run um, to try to shut down Nick Chubb and Hunt. So I thought the game would pretty much be on the shoulder of uh, Baker Mayfield, which it turned out not to be. We still ran the ball extremely well. Um also felt that we needed to get pressure on Dakota. I said I refuse to call him Dak till he wins. I think he might have won a game until so he lives with a hype. He's the shooter, first right now. So and and I knew that you know the the defensive secondary was our weak point. So I said we need to get pressure on him so he doesn't, you know, that, that doesn't carve us up. And um, you know, those were two the the two main things that you know I wanted to focus on, you know, pregame. Okay, well, you touched on pretty much, uh, well, I shouldn't say pretty much, but you touched on a couple of things that I was concerned with as well. Um, definitely, I thought Baker, Baker's play, period. And I know everybody would say, well, of course, he's the quarterback. Of course, you're you're concerned about his play. But we're not uh, a team that has a Tom Brady or a team that has a Ben Roethlisberger. We're a team that... It's still developing, A, an identity, and B, who's going to be our quarterback for a long term. So we're not 100% sure what this guy's going to give us all the time. Baker's been inconsistent, so of course, Baker is a concern. My thing was that they he needed to throw downfield a little bit more. I think I said it uh, in our midweek show that I wanted to see if he could get over 200 yards passing. and I thought that was important. But more important, I thought was, yeah, his ability to make the short throws uh, to keep the drives going.
1: Uh,
0: So that was my my bigger concern with Baker. Uh, I also thought again, where to me, we got to be a running team that has to be what we do. The run game was a concern. And to be honest with you, it'll never not be a concern for me because we don't have that consistency, or we don't have that full identity that I know that that's what they're going to do from week to week. I don't want to see them get too, too gimmicky. So, run the freaking football. Right. right. Concern of mine. And that was a big concern. And, and it'll probably always be for me. Um. Dallas's front four is pretty good. So, I thought the offensive line, our offensive line played pretty good in the weeks prior. So I wanted to see how well they could, you know, keep those guys down. Uh Alden Smith has been going berserk over the last couple of weeks. That dude is super mega talented. So I wanted to see if we could maintain that guy. Of course, uh I've called him Dak. You call him Dakota. I actually called him Dakota in one of my notes. <laughs> Limiting uh Dak's mobility <laughs> and his, uh his throwing downfield because I mean our defensive backfield has not been uh great. And uh, also, because this team- Mainly Zendejo. Yeah, uh, listen, Dallas can score a lot of points. And even though they're wanted, uh, coming into this game, even though they were one and two, I'm like, man, don't let the smooth taste fool you. These dudes can put up digits if we get too-, too uh, Right. ...move ourselves and too comfortable. They could, you know, just blow us out. So I was concerned with those things. Those were my concerns going into the game um, and I, I actually saw some some good results from the things that I was concerned with uh, I'll have I'll let you lead into that as well uh, go ahead and tell me what you saw in the game okay um the biggest takeaway I take from today's victory uh, and for those of you that may not know we did win 49 to 38 over the Dallas Cowboys today Um, Biggest takeaway is that our playmakers, our stars, made plays today. They stepped Absolutely. up when they had to and made huge plays. Um, I've been hard on Miles Garrett. Yep. Miles Garrett had another strip sack with the fumble. Um, I believe that's what the third this year. That's his third in three weeks, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, shout out to Miles Garrett. Um, OBJ definitely showed up. Um, matter of fact, the first score was on a double reverse to Jarvis Landry, um, who threw a laser um, to his boy OB, OBJ Man. for the first touchdown today.
1: Man, and, it was a um,
0: point. That set the tone. Um, also, um, when we got down 14-7, to seven, you know, because Dallas came back and had two quick drives. All right, right. here we go. Right. You know, as, yep. long as you I know, I have to shoot out. I did, and too. And we came. We came right back at them. We scored, what, 34 unanswered points. And, uh you know, so th- those are my biggest takeaways, man, as far as the positive notes. You know, our stars making, you know, big plays. That's why we paid them. That's why we went out and got them. And we need to get the get the ball in their, in their hands like as much as possible. So what about you, man? What? Well, I'm going to start on a different kind of note. Um so at one point in one of the, uh, as they went away to it, they cut away to a, to a timeout uh, commercial. They were playing the hip hop classic uh, from Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, the show. Okay. And I literally was saying to myself, that's how I feel. Like, like, oh my gosh. Like, that was, like, watching the brown, I was just like, they're hitting on every single one of the things that I thought they needed to hit on to win this game. Um, they're doing everything that I thought. And, and that's rare, which is why I was kind of in that that range of, wait, they did. What What happened? So, you know, just like you've been on our playmakers, you've been hard on our playmakers. I think you've been a bit harder. And that's not a bad thing. I don't want it to make it sound like you – you know you're you're saying or doing something that's ridiculous. I think that's what, mm-hmm. like you said, what we brought you here for. We need you guys. Hey. To make, we need you guys to do these things. So, Jarvis and uh, OBJ in space is important. I kept I've been saying that all week. Anybody who listens to the podcast or uh, watches the shows. You will hear me. Consist- I've said that consistently over the last few weeks. Today, we got back to that. We got back to putting jar- uh, excuse me, uh, OBJ in space against one-on-one coverage, And there's nobody on the planet Earth, at least not right now, that can cover this guy in single coverage space when it's just you and him on a regular basis. I saw that a lot today, so my hat's off to Stefanski, uh, to Alex Van Pelt and the offense uh, for pulling those things together to make that something that we, because, and listen, they went to a quick too. Like, they didn't wait. Our first drive was like, boom, 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 boom. Done, touchdown. Right. You know what I mean? They didn't mess around, they didn't wait, they didn't, like, oh, let's tinker with this play, let's see if we can pull it. No, they came right out like, Oh y'all, y'all guys don't do well against the jab, pop 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 and just jabbed them all the way down the field. Right. We got a quick touchdown, and I appreciated uh, that type of that type of momentum, that type of movement. We put some pressure on those guys, and that's something that you just don't see from the Browns that often. So I was pretty excited by that, if you can't tell by my tone. Um, I liked some. I, I mentioned this before too. The new wrinkles in the offense. I knew some new stuff was coming. Uh, so, like you, like you pointed out, the little uh, kind of jet sweep uh, reverse that we ran, and then you know Jarvis tossed it out to. Him. That, was, that was beautiful. Like that. It, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it looks like we're trying to do stuff. That looked like that was right. something that we always do. That wasn't a try. That was right. That was perfect, you know what I mean? Like right. I saw. Somebody, in
1: the past, some of the trick
0: plays look forced. So I yeah, get exactly was, what you're saying. It, it was it was within the 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 uh, the rhythm of the offense. It didn't throw Baker off. It didn't make Baker look like uh, he didn't belong out there. It you know what I mean? It took nothing away from what we were already doing. But you did it so early. You didn't even like it. Just. It, it's like a punch in the chest. It's like Bernie going 40 yards back in the day off the off the third or second play. He just kind of just goes up top. Boom. It catches right. everybody off guard cuz you're not ready for that. Um I love how the offense is evolving from week to week. You kind of don't know exactly what you're going to see every week. Um I think I know what I'm going to see, but then they do something different and I'm just like, "Whoa." Like today, the two the two biggest plays today were plays we haven't seen all year long. And we know how that's gone over the past twenty something years. We shoot the past right. years, we we know before these dudes ever even call them in general. We know exactly all oh, this third and eight. Yeah, they about to run a trap up the middle with the smallest dude possible.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> no, not this team. This team actually utilizes their mismatches, and tries to to manage the game in a way that's effective for the guys that are on the field. And that is – listen, bro, I don't know that there's a way to be – to say that it's – man, I feel like we got an actual football team with an actual football coach.
1: Exactly, man.
0: How far we can get – I know I don't want to get too too excited, but I have to get somewhat excited because I haven't. Seen this, I haven't seen this in a long time. When was the last time we were three and one? I don't think in the new era since we came back in '99, Uh, I don't think we've ever started three and one. I think maybe 2007. No, I think we, I don't think we were two, we were three and one in 2007. I think we got better after the first four games. I want to say we might have been two and two and then we got better after. Okay, and that's what I want to say. Um. I think they were saying something like 2001 or 2002 or something like that. It's been a while. It's been it's been since 2004 at least. Like it hasn't been beyond 2004. We both we both know that. Right. Um. But it's it's nice to watch a Browns game and be stressed, not because we, we we do all of the wrong things. But to be stressed, like we used to be stressed back in the 80s where we thought we should win, and we're in a position to win, and you're just stressed because you want them to hold on to the win. Because what ended up happening, part of your stress, I think, and part of other people's stress, too, was that we went up so early, or we went up so big with so much time left, and these guys started to come back. Again, Dallas can score points, so it's not like, you know, just because we were winning, we were going to win. It ain't like we were playing against, say, like the Jaguars or something. We're playing against a yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. You know, all, all stars or all pros or potential all pros at almost every position. So you have to – you, you got to play the game. You got to play the game. All all game. Long, right. Game. Yeah, man, because I, I never got comfortable. Even when we went up 41 to 14, I was watching the game with my grandfather and my father. And, you know, know, my father was like, man, we got this game sewed up. I never and, say those And me, words. I looked at my grandfather, and we looked at each other, we was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not over yet. <laughs> it's definitely not over. Bro. Like, I watched this team since the age of five. I and I was like, there's the no way that this game is over. And now they have to throw the ball through? Look, the last time I said this game is over, we got this thing, was right before John Elway got – uh, to the two-yard line of Cleveland Browns and drove 98 yards. I have oh, not said bring that. that up. Look, I have not said that since. That changed right. all of my You're right. we got this and ain't nothing yep. that they can do to change this type crap. That, that game scarred me for life. Yeah, yeah. And the game <laughs> that we're referring to was the drive, the infamous drive game in the 1986 <laughs> AFC Championship game. The game that we thought we had <laughs> won. And that game has scarred me for life. Like, I don't get comfortable until the fourth quarter, and it says triple zero. It could be about about 56. And I'm not relaxing until it hits triple zero. (laughs) Bro, you can't get comfortable. I mean, you you just can't. You can't get comfortable. There's no way that when you – I mean, think about this. And I know you know this, but everybody else doesn't know this. So this dude throws – Bernie throws this pass. I didn't know who the hell he was throwing it to, of course. The camera work was awful in this game. He throws this pass downfield, and Brian Brennan, I love Brian Brennan, but this dude is possibly the slowest dude. He's no uh, nowhere near the guys that play slot anymore. Like, most right. guys back then played slot, were the slow guys that just ran routes real well. Now you have guys like Wes Welker that run the slot that are quicker than everybody on the field. Right. So uh, Brian Brennan was not that. That's <laughs> <Let's> not. <laughs> think that so when, he, when you throw this right. pass at this dude, I'm thinking he ain't even going to score, but he somehow found a way to break that tackle and score. I thought the game was over with and John Elway had other things. Uh, and referees have some other things to say about that too but that's
1: a whole yeah. other story because right, that field
0: goal is still no good by Rich Carlos to this day it's still no good but so what you so what we were talking about as far as blowing that lead leads me leads me into into the negatives and we went into a prevent defense super early we in did. the fourth quarter we, we were putting pressure on, on Dakota uh, we were pretty much locking them up pretty good. The defense – no, I got to give kudos to the defense because, once again, they did make plays again. They they uh, forced a few turnovers, and we capitalized off of those. So, I will give the defense credit for that. No, a, but going into a, a defensive posture – yeah, right. But going into a prevent defense that early um, in the fourth quarter, I think was a big mistake. I mean, because in the fourth quarter, we were up 41-14, up twenty-seven. Yeah. And that just start going down the field. I mean, every play, well, they're getting 15, 20-yard chucks. They, they, were like, they weren't doing any uh, any kind of blitz.
1: No. They and when we did it, it was a slow
0: blitzing. Blitzing. Like, they just basically
1: sent four up the field. And, and to me, you said,
0: that's that's a mistake. That's a mistake against a team as good as Dallas actually is uh, offensively. This team was good offensively, and when you got all pros on the other side, you can't assume – I mean, hell, did any? I don't know. I've watched them, but did they watch any of the games over the last couple of weeks? They haven't gotten blown out. They've gotten beaten early, or they've given up a lot of points early, but then they've found a way to come back. How do you come back? from 26 points down if you can't score. So this team can score. That's what I said in, in my pregame stuff. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. Don't assume because they've gotten down, down in every single game this year. So to assume that because we're up, they're down, and they're not going to be able to come back, it's nonsense. That's nonsense. But we don't have a great defense either. Right. And that's a problem. That's probably going to be a problem for the rest of the year. Um, It's our defense, you know, kind of – and that's coaching, too, but the defense just not necessarily playing uh, as well as they can play all game long. Right. They can play all game long. Um, I mean, because uh, your boy, Dakota, had 506 yards passing. 506-yard passing, dude. Four touchdowns. How many touchdown passes? Five four yeah, touchdowns? We threw four uh, four touchdowns and one pick. Okay. Four touchdowns. And that pick came late in the game. Wasn't I wouldn't say it's not it's, I wouldn't say it's it wasn't an important pick because it was. It actually stopped their drive to score again, and we were able to basically run the clock out after that. But um I mean, four touchdowns and yeah, and they dropped they dropped about three or four other interceptions. Though, man, we could end yeah. that game way earlier. Yeah, they did. but uh, we had one definite pick six. 500 yards passing, bro, five hundred yards passing. That defense and that defensive backfield has to get. I, I'm I, I'm almost like they need to cut somebody and just go look on the trash heap for somebody, man. I don't know what's yeah, wrong. Yeah, they with can't get they guys. can't get any worse. Look, I don't know what's wrong with Earl Thomas, but somebody need to go find Earl Thomas. I thought he signed with Houston. No, they didn't sign him because something with his uh with his uh physical. I don't know if he didn't pass oh, it. I don't know if he didn't want to take I don't know. I don't know for sure. I didn't really look all the way into it, but he didn't sign with those cats. And I didn't realize yeah, that hey. that the uh who are the Raiders playing today? The Raiders played the uh Oh, the Bills, Buffalo. Josh Norman just got signed this week. He's new to the Bills. Yeah, he was he was out there a lot today. Um, Eric Reed is also available. You know, so but but you know, we need if they go and sign somebody off off the street, it can't be any worse than the guys that we have out there. It cannot be, bro. I mean, Um, listen. Because of our problem, it's not like you're saying we don't have a quarterback or we don't have a right tackle or we don't have, you know, this guy, that guy. So there's a debate as to who you need to pick up. The offense, I'm going to be honest with you, it's it's nice. We're okay. We're okay enough that we don't need to change much. However, that defensive side of the ball leaves a lot to be um, desired uh, individually. Not just team wise individually. Right. I don't I, nobody right. is frightened when you look across that other uh, side of the field other than miles and and, uh, and, and, and uh, Sheldon Richardson. Uh, and a lot of those guys, Sheldon got hurt today. He still played, but he was hurt. We had a lot of injuries today too, by the way.
1: Yeah, we um, did.
0: Nick got hurt. I hope he's okay. I was scared when he was reaching for the back of his leg that it might have been uh, I thought maybe it was his zikini, but he was reaching up towards his, his calf. So I was I was like, okay, maybe that's just a strange... Yeah, he He's got
1: rolled up on.
0: Yeah, he got um, rolled up. Uh, I hope it's, it's, it's not nothing serious because he was able to walk off on his own power. Now, um, speaking of that... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, however, the platoon guys that came in for him, my hat's off, man. I was just about to say the same thing. That was amazing. Because um, Kareem Hunt was beat up a little bit too, even coming in. He had a, I think the groin, a groin issue, and yeah. uh, yeah. and that's what I want to give one of my game balls. I want to give it to you, uh, the, the Ernest Johnson today. This kid came up. I don't think he maybe only had maybe one or two carries all season. Oh, the and Ernest man, he ball, really. Yeah, he was solid today. He almost had that 100 boy was had a hundred yards. That ball, man. That boy was running that ball. Look, they say he was on yeah, a, yeah. a on a, a fishing boat at one point uh, in the off season.
1: <laughs> listen,
0: <laughs> listen, man. He ain't trying to the way he ran today. That man ain't trying to go back to that damn boat. <laughs> no, no, not at all, man. He 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 had some solid runs, even uh Hilliard had solid runs. Hilliard ran well. And then well. Kareem Hunt did his thing, man. What and the Rain ran his ass off. Listen, man, these dudes had like two hundred some yards rushing, almost three hundred yards rushing actually. Almost three hundred. Almost three hundred yards rushing. I mean, and that, and I, I said those guys, meaning the three uh, platoon guys. And plus uh, Odell,
1: I think Odell had close.
0: I, right I didn't add Odell's fifty yards. I didn't add. Uh, I didn't add uh, Chubbs like forty something yards. I think he had like forty six yards where he went out. Right. And I credit, and it, well, we'll get into that a little bit. I got credit for for that. That offensive line is incredible. They are really good. They block really. We are an aggressive offensive line for one of the first times in history. I really wish. Nothing against Jedrick, but I really wish that uh, Joe Thomas had these guys with him. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, I I think think this would be so incredible for him. Makes his job so much easier because now he don't have to do so much. All that dude did was play on awful line after awful line after awful line and be the best dude that's ever played the game at that position pretty much. Right. Um, Okay, I'm I'm kind of deviating, but um, no, you are good. You're good. So my 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 takeaways from the game, my uh, my negatives from the game. So my I negatives take-
1: from the game. So,
0: uh, um, I actually only had like a few of them, uh, only a couple. Baker is still running out of decent pockets. He's still not stepping like just fully stepping up. Like it's nothing wrong with taking your. Your drops, whether they're three or five, and you're taking your drops and you look and you, okay, I don't see anything. And they're, they're, it's collapsing around you and you just take a step up and, and make a throw. That's not, uh, apparently, that's just not Baker's strong suit. That's just not what he does uh, uh, well. So I'm looking, I, in my own mind, I'm looking for him to do things that he's probably not that good at in general. Like, I don't. Um, I don't eat peas well. I hate peas. (laughs) So you put peas on (laughs) my (laughs)
1: plate. I don't care how many peas you put on my plate.
0: (laughs) So I think that's, you know, proverbially, I think that's where we are with with Baker. This is not Baker's thing. But I think that if he did those things, he could be a better quarterback. Now we go from 165 yards, which is what I thought he needed to have more of today. I thought he had to have more than 165 yards. He ended up throwing for 165 yards. If you were able to step up in a pocket, maybe you get those 200 yards. But right. I'm more impressed with the fact that the dude, uh, I, I take that as a negative. I said I wanted to talk about my negatives. Thought you needed to have more. But he found a way to make that work today. Um. What else did I have as my as my negatives today? Um, I. This is old, however, the defense of backfield. They are, those dudes are not – and I don't want to say that they're trash. Terrence Mitchell, is I think, is playing as good as he can possibly play. Right. He's, he's at the limit of his talent, though. So I can say that he's trash. Yeah. But is he really trash or what is-, is how they're playing him trash? You know what I mean? I think I think it's 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 a it's a um, mix of a lot of things. When you know you don't have safety help, um, I think that's why they're playing a the corner so you know playing such a soft coverage because I mean Sandejo was just awful. He wasn't that bad. I don't know what happened to him. when I mean, he played with Baltimore today. and he was yeah. decent today. No, he wasn't. He that dude was terrible. He was decent today.
1: The that one touchdown good. he gave
0: up to Ceedee Lamb. Now, listen. I don't know what he was. That, that was listen, awful. He gave up a touchdown to City Lamb, but he also got a fumble recovery. He forced the fumble and got the recovery. He also stepped up, like, made a great play on a on a screen. This dude was 15 yards downfield, read the screen, and just blitzed in. He didn't make the tackle, but he ended up blowing up the block, and they made a tackle behind that. So – I, I'm I'm gonna take my hats off to him because we've been riding him so. <laughs> we've man, been I terrible. Crazy. I want him off my football team like listen, not, listen, I want him off my football team I'm gonna, I don't care who they put that. back I'm there. I'm not, not gonna say that, and I'm not gonna. Let me I'm ask gonna you this man, where Cezeho? I'm, I'm with you, bro. I want you to. I want you to show up. I need you to show up. <laughs> I need you to show up, man. Here's the bigger indictment, though. Where is Sheldrick Redwine? He was a what, a third or fourth round, round a fourth uh, round draft pick last year. I haven't seen that dude on the field at all. Not even on special teams. I don't know where he is. That you can't get up. I mean, you can't beat out Zendejo? bro. But Zendejo are you that bad? Awful. That's the thing. You know who's awful? You want me to tell you who's awful? I'm sure you know it. Sheldon Redwine, <laughs> he is awful. <laughs> that guy is, that's the guy that I don't, I can't, I, I can make excuses. I can probably figure out why guys aren't doing blah, blah, blah. I can't say that for Sheldon Redwine. I've seen Sheldon Redwine multiple times. You know what? And like, he may have been cut. He was on the team as of, I can't say as of, he was on the team as of uh, this uh, last week. You know what, let me go ahead and reach out to my crack staff here and uh, see if I can get a Browns roster update. And see if Sheldrick Redwine is still on the team. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, he's still on the roster. Uh, maybe he's just been inactive. because They're running out a bunch of guys I've never heard of. It was some guy out there at 36 that made a big play
1: at some point. And uh, I'm not sure where he came from. Did you see me that whole thing? <laughs>
0: nah, it froze and then I lost you. Okay. Well, we're back. Oh, man, I don't want to start over, but I think we got to start over now. Because I don't know what that's going to look like. Are you able to pause it? I couldn't pause it. Like, I was, I, I didn't know what happened. Like, it, it literally just cut me off. Like, it looked like my Wi Fi was out. It looked like everything was out. Right. So I was like, oh, snap, what happened? I was talking, I was talking, I was talking and cussing, like, what the hell? And I was wow. trying to right. well, go through it and figure it out. Well, look, America, this is what happens when you have a startup podcast and we're working with minimal equipment right now but we're trying to get some things together. And this is all part of it, man. You go know, we're going to have glitches, we're going to have hiccups, you know, but we need to go ahead and and and, and keep it moving. We got we got to about a 2 minute hiccup. It's no telling what you guys will see <laughs> during that 2 minutes. But it you know, is what it me, is, man. I hope, I hope y'all don't listen to this with your children because I was cursing up an entire storm on my end because Again, this is a startup podcast, and I want it. I want stuff to go a certain kind of way. I want things to be good, and, and so does Sean. Um, we both want it to be a good product for you guys to sit at work, for you guys to sit at home, for you guys riding your car and enjoy two guys in front of a microphone giving you the best information you can find about the Browns that's not on uh, some of our other affiliates that exist around here and about every other sport too. Like that's, that's what we specialize in. We don't just specialize in the Browns and the Cavs and then the Indians. However, we specialize in it the most, but we also know how the game should be played so we can give you everything you need to have here. So we right, well, bro. So, so, let's plan. go ahead and do this. Yeah, let's go ahead and give our uh, game balls, you know, our game balls out today. Get your game balls out. Huh? Yeah. yeah, give our game balls out. So my um, first game ball goes to Ernest Johnson. Um, he came in and, and played a big role once Nick Chubb got hurt. Uh, matter of fact, I want to give a game ball to the whole just running back platoon from Kareem Hunt, uh, Dearness Johnson, and Hilliard. You guys came in and did a bang-up job, and also to the offensive line. Um, Odell Beckham gets a, a, a game ball because he really stepped up today. Uh, once Dallas made their run and cut that lead down to what was it, four? Um, he made one of the biggest plays um, in, in really in the modern era of the Browns since we've been back in '99. Man, that um, reverse pitch, and he took it to the house. I mean, Auden Smith, um, he broke through the line of scrimmage, had Odell dead to rights. You know, he faked him out to get, you know, 50 yards to the house. And uh, that pretty much sealed the game. Um, So, those are my game balls today. All right. Um, So, my game balls today, I'm going to give it – I'm going to give one to Miles Garrett. Once again, for the third week in a row, this guy has a strip sack. uh, And a recovery off the strip sack, by the way. Um, or we got the recovery, should I say? So the dude is showing himself to be as viable as. I mean, he's he's such a specialist, you know. He's he's a guy that yeah, we want him to. Do, he he disrupted the game today, and you can see that that was their whole. They were doing everything that they could to keep this dude out of the backfield. He was he was in the backfield a lot today, so I'm I'm gonna give. Uh, one of my game balls to Miles Garrett uh tip my cap to you. Um I think that's like two or two weeks in a row I've given it to Miles. Uh the offensive line once again hats off to the offensive line. I'm going to give you guys game ball again. I mean, he's uh and I actually I said I was going to mention this later. Uh, earlier when I was talking about the run game but I think one of the things that's really good about the run game is the offensive line. These got the first couple runs that Chubb had. I mean, this dude didn't get touched. So he was like nine exactly. yards downfield. Exactly. You know, like, and trust me, trust me. You can contact Nick Chubb downfield nine yards if you want to. It ain't going to end well for whoever on the other end of that, not regularly. You might be a great tackler. But, man, if you keep meeting this dude at <laughs> nine, ten yards downfield without being touched, it ain't going to end well for you every time. It just, it's just not. So, uh, Bill Callahan is doing an awesome job with that offensive line. Everywhere that this guy has gone, he's had a really solid offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Sucks as the head coach, but he's a great position coach. Listen, and it's, it's some people that are just that way. Romeo Cornell has always had a decent offense, excuse me, defense. But that dude still says as a a leader of men. I think Bill Callahan, unfortunately for him, I'm sure he wants to be a a head coach, you know, more than what he's been. But I think his best job is offensive lines coach or potentially offensive coordinator because of how he – Listen, that offensive line, for the first time in a long time, the Browns have learned how to draft based on what we were gonna do. Exactly. Have a philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing that. So I'm I'm giving my game ball to the offensive line and they're gonna have to share that with their with their offensive line coach Bill Callahan. Um and uh do I give anybody did I give anybody else one? No, that's it. So Miles, oh, and the and the platoon, the, the running back platoon. These guys really showed me that we have some depth, which is something that in general, once you you know, once you go past that first wave of guys, you kinda of like, oh man. So to see exactly. that we actually have in certain positions, especially in a position that's as important as our running game. Um kudos and hats off to uh, Dontrell Hilliard, uh to Dearness Johnson, and to uh, uh Hunt for their abilities to get to the end zone. And I mean, hell, I think I think uh Chubb had something like nine and a half yards per carry. But those dudes yeah. had too. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like it didn't fall off. There was no there was no shelf. This is just what we were gonna do. We're gonna punch you in the mouth regardless, and I love that. So those are my game balls uh, for today. Uh, I look forward to next week. I look forward to uh, the midweek show so that we can figure out, you know, what we're gonna do next week. Um, hell, we don't even know. Maybe there's not even maybe there's not even gonna be a game next week. We <laughs> don't know that. Right. Anyway. The way stuff is going right now, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. You know, just just a quick note. I do like the way that the NFL is handling things. They're not panicking. Um, when they have a you know a COVID case they kinda um uh, look at the situation and weigh the options you know just like especially with this past situation with uh you know cam newton they didn't just cancel the game okay cam's only one that tested positive let's go ahead and push the game back a day let's go ahead and play. With Tennessee where you've got like half the team now tested positive of course you had to go ahead and and, and move that game to a later date. And they they're doing it where you know, they have to have some flexibility with the schedule, you know, because of bye So I think the NFL so far is handling it well and we see where it goes. So we have the uh, Indianapolis Colts coming in town next week. And then so in our midweek show, uh, we'll go ahead and, and give our analysis, our pregame analysis, um, you know, what to expect. And then we'll go ahead and make our prediction about the game at that point in time. So, Once again, it was a great victory for our Cleveland Browns. And now we have to move on to uh, some bad news. Um, Cleveland Indians, um, who's pitching, carried us all season. Just had a complete meltdown where all our pitchers pretty much brought their gas cans, poured gasoline all over the infield, and proceeded to light it on fire. They burned down (laughs) They burned down down Arena. They burned down Carnegie Boulevard and uh, Ontario. Uh,
1: the Jack. They, not, that, no, they burned down the Jack. They, they, they burned down. They burned down by, yeah. They burned
0: down yeah. anything. Uh, uh, East Fourth. They burned it all down. It it is all ablaze right now. Based on the one thing, and I said this in the show, uh, our midweek show. Uh, I my question was to Sean, and Sean, you're you'll remember this when I said. What do we do if the one thing that got us here goes to shit? So our yeah. pitching, you yeah. know, and it went to shit, like complete shit. Shane Bieber has been, to say, it, to say it lightly, there's probably not been a pitcher that's pitched better than Shane Bieber this year. Maybe one, maybe two. Yeah. But this dude has been an elite pitcher, and this—I know it's a shortened season, so that's not really saying a bunch. But Shane has shown us yeah, no, what a, he can do. Last season, he was a story. So the way he pitched this year, we didn't have questions per se. Now we didn't—that doesn't mean he's gonna win the game, but we didn't have questions as to what we were gonna see from him in a game one. Like it was a no-brainer to put him as your starter for the playoff game against a Yankees team that is kind of, uh, as I described it, you're going to either get 60,000 hits tonight, which you could possibly turn around in the next night and not hit anything. That's just kind of their Jekyll and Hyde. However, the one thing about the, the Yankees that I dislike about the Indians, is when you look at that lineup, they always have at least one to two professional hitters on that team. So even though right. maybe they don't have the greatest batting average as a team, you got a guy that's going to give you 13, that can get 13 pitches in and one at-bat. And if anybody, if you don't know anything about ba- uh, baseball, Sean knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say that kind of thing. If you have a 13-pitch at bat, which Brett Gardner had, you had a 13-pitch at bat, this dude, you just basically pitched the whole inning to one guy. Exactly. So you exhausted yourself, even if you get this guy out, they just wear you down. That's what a professional bat does. Yeah, exactly. That's what a professional – uh, uh, hitter, that's what a professional stick does. It doesn't mean you're going to get a hit every time. What it does mean, though, is that you have a guy that understands I'm just going to put the pressure on this guy. He's going to have to pitch me the way I want to be pitched. Brett Gardner is one of those guys. He's he just going to have to pitch me, homie. And then you look at the rest of the lineup. You got uh, Giancarlo Stanton, a former MVP, so you're still, even though this guy might not be what you would consider a professional stick, because he, I think overall, I think over his career, he's only he's hitting like 270, which is good. But I'm not sure he even hit that high. But, but that's I, think I was that stick, but he's not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys that you say to yourself, "Oh, I need that stick in my lineup for the average." However, that's when true. you're an MVP, and when you've played a lot of baseball, you know how to approach the plate. So they have guys in their lineup that just approach the plate properly. They know how to approach the plate. They know what the pitch count is. They know what this guy does well. The Indians, uh, while the, the the pitching stunk in this postseason, and then you watch game two. We finally our sticks woke up, but the pitching every time we the got ahead, yes. yeah, every single time we got ahead. The pitching, I mean, Cookie, and you know what? I would love to say that that's the pitching guys, uh, the the pitchers' fault. I'm blaming the managers. You can't manage these games like it's a regular season game. Stop managing these games like, oh, we still have time. No, we don't. You stink, Shane Bieber, and I love you to death, bro, but I might be able to bring you back into game three if we get there. You out. Let's bring Way in back. this next. Let's bring in this next guy. Like you have to go to your to your bag a little bit quicker. And I don't think that the Indians. Yeah. You know that's not his. I. Right. I agree one hundred percent. We battled back in game two as much as they could, and the Yankees just pretty much outslugged this. And it is what it is. I think you'll see um, a lot of changes next year, starting with the and manager, because right. I don't think Francona is healthy. And that's never um, going that was my
1: next point.
0: What do you think as going forward? Uh we're going Tito, we're going Sandy. Uh we're going Lindora, are we re-signing that dude? Like what is what are the things for you as a fan? Um, I think fan well of- Yeah, as an analyst, what do you think? What do you what do you feel? What yeah you um the Lindor is still under contract, so I mean they're gonna bring him back. And I think they'll try to trade them. They're going to look for, you know, the best trade possible. If they get an offer that they can't refuse, I think they'll go ahead um, and move them. Now, Lindor still, I think he wants to be here. He says that the Indians can afford him if they wanted to. And I think that's really affecting his play, man. I think that cloud hanging over his head, you keep hearing and Plus, the Indians have tried to move him a couple of times. Um, I think that's kind of hanging over his head and probably affecting his play right now, just my opinion. Do you think it's because people keep asking him or do you think that's just in his head in general? Probably both. You know, you, you want to be able to go out there and relax. You don't want to have a contract hanging over your head or worried about whether or not you're a loyal guy or you're going to be here. You know, uh, some players can overlook that. Some players don't care about that. It's like, I'm going to go out and do my job where I'm here, where I'm there. You know, it whatever like it. it is, a business. Um, but then some guys, I think Frankie's kind of like an emotional type of guy, and not saying that in a negative way at no, all. I think he's a loyal. I think he's a loyal guy. So if he don't feel a loyalty right. back,
1: he got questions in his head.
0: I agree with that. Exactly. I agree with that. Um, so and then somebody had mentioned that Frank Kona might have been in, like in a wheelchair. That they said he had like a blanket over him in the dugout. I couldn't tell, but somebody had had uh, have mentioned that to me today. I didn't see that. Um, i mean i I almost chuckled when you said it because I thought it was kind of ridiculous, but i I don't know that I don't know that I know he's not doing apparently he's not doing well enough to coach or to manage rather um right so again and he's been he's been sick for a while like the past three or four it. years so, so before no we before I get too far or it starts to sound like I'm taking shots at Tito first of all, you know my heart and my prayers go out to uh to francona to terry francona I, I hope and pray that he gets well because getting well and being better is more important than managing a baseball game you know i, I would like to see the guy do well um that said uh he's been here for close to what almost 10 years he's been here and yeah then, and while the team is listen the one thing i can say about the guy it's been years it's been years, and he's over these last ten years that he's been here. That I ain't think we was ever gonna. There was no reason for us to make the playoffs, and we've been not just in the playoffs, but we we've been kind of deep a couple times. Uh, yeah. So the dude can manage. He does a, a great job. I mean, we know that because he's. He, I mean, hell, anybody who manages to the Reds, uh, the Red Sox, to a, a World Series when they've never won or hadn't won one in so many years, almost hundred years. You know, it, it proves a lot. It tells a lot about his demeanor and about his 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 uh Right. Did um, he get one with Philly too? With who? Did he get one he got one with Philly and one with Boston, right? I think he was a bench coach with uh with Philly. He wasn't a manager. Okay. He wasn't a manager in Philly. So I think he was a bench coach when Philly won, uh underneath uh what's his name? I forget the manager's name, uh, but I think he was the bench coach, and then he went from there to Boston. But he was a manager in the in our minor leagues at one point, and then he went. oh, I'm I'm sorry, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Not with us. He was with uh, the White Sox because he managed Michael Jordan. Okay. He managed Michael Jordan. Yeah, he sure did. Well, he sure Smith, did. Cause that was on the uh, was in uh, the Last the documentary. documentary down in Birmingham. He was a Birmingham uh, coach back then. So again, listen, as much as I know about baseball, Terry Francona, uh, the, the the worst days of Terry Francona's baseball existence,
1: <laughs>
0: outshines anything <laughs> I might know about baseball. <laughs> so I'm not, it's no shots at, at Terry. Uh, I just feel like at this point, 10 years later, you haven't won a World Series. Um, we haven't advanced but to one World Series, I think there's there's got to be some changes that occur. That's just me. I feel like there has to be some things that are different going forward. Yeah. Whether that's from a player standpoint, whether that's from the bench standpoint, we need some things that are different if we're trying to, honestly trying to get better and do better uh, going right. forward. And, and and knowing how the Indians are, if they did make that move, I would probably assume that it would be Sandy if he wants it. Um, if it's not Sandy, I would like for them to go ahead and get a veteran coach. I'm oh, not sure a coach, but a veteran manager. Oh, I'm not sure who's out there right now, um, who, who's available, or who will become available. Well, but I would, would definitely – like, who would want to come here? Indians have, are probably going to have, again, one of the best pitching staffs well, um, and all the baseball, and that's so that's it's an what attractive job. I mean, out of out of the three major teams that we have here, it's, no, it's Listen, you know what my favorite team is, of all my teams. So I don't have to discuss that. But I would say that the most attractive spot would be the Indians, because you already got it set up already. You already got these guys here. Right. These guys ain't. Like Divas, you got young guys that can hit, And you have young guys that can hit and guys that already want to be here. You don't have to sell them shit. You don't have to sell exactly. them
1: shit. We just They're need somebody done. that's going to be able to
0: take this team over the top. Because yeah. the window is, is closing. You're not going to be able to have this group together, you yeah. know, for too much longer. So you need to go ahead and capitalize well, on this. As soon yeah, as you're end. absolutely right. Because that money is going to change up real quick. Because J. Ram ain't gonna stay here for no little bit of money when this dude is a potential uh, MVP type of player. Exactly, you're gonna have to play him. Uh, excuse me, you're gonna have to pay him. Um, the same thing with Lindor. Hell, you might say, and I don't totally disagree with you on that, so I don't want you to think that I'm, uh, you know, dragging you. But you might say he ain't worth four hundred million. But man, listen. If the Marlins or the Yankees or the Reds or the Red Sox or the White Sox or the Dodgers come waving four hundred million in this dude's face, you think he ain't gonna take that shit? Oh, of course he is. Of course, of course he is. No doubt. So while we might not think he wants he takes that trip out west to the to the Dodgers or to uh, the Giants or down to uh, South Beach or to Boston or to New York. And guess what? Them dudes are still those dudes. And I'll tell you what, we saw the Yankees. Imagine Lindor and that, the protection that he has. And, in that
1: lineup. Yeah, you're right.
0: Right. Yeah, that, that would be Yikes. scary. That would definitely be scary. Um, but you know my. Much easier for him. Right, now my last point about the Indians, like the main thing I want from whoever our manager is next year is like, play some of these young guys. Um, I hated that they took Mercado out of the lineup this year. So he showed a lot of flashes. Now, yeah, he struggled early yeah. in the season, but let but let him just play play it out and let him develop Um, and, and stop this whole okay. platoon thing in the outfield. I, I, I can't stand the, the platoon system they have in the outfield. They have a different outfield every day. Get some guys, stick with them, let them develop, let them get a rhythm, man. So that's what that's my last point about the, the Cleveland Indians. Good season overall, and hopefully we can come back strong next year. And real quick, because I, I want to touch on a couple of things you just said before I end my comments on the Indians. Um, You you hit on something really pertinent. Like, not allowing some of the young guys to play so much. I, I tend to think that that has something to do with the manager. Um. We had that discussion in our last show mm-hmm. about Puig and about some of the other younger guys that play some of the flash, some of the whatever else they have. Uh, think about this. Uh, that, that young kid, uh, Ursula, uh, Geo Ursula, used to be in the Indian system. Yeah. And we traded yeah. him. And he was one of the guys that destroyed us. So... It sounds like – I don't want to say that Tito don't know the young guys well enough or giving the young guys a chance, but it looks like that. So maybe having a fresher approach can lead us to having guys on the team that are uh, going to get us past where we've been. Agree. I agree 100%. Uh, So, okay. Okay. Let's move on to our last points, or our last few points before we, we close out tonight. So, as we speak, and I'm a, I'm gonna check in right now. But as we speak, uh, we are in the midst of Game Three of the NBA Finals. Uh, I think before the final started, we in the midweek show, I had predicted we did our predictions of what we thought we we're gonna have. We both, we both did think that the Lakers are gonna win, however, I didn't see that these guys I mean, these guys they're, they're, they're getting ready to sweep these guys. That's what it looks like. I'm not 100% sure that that's what's gonna happen, but bro, I, I, I need to ask you, do you think a sweep is on the way? Um, I think Miami will get one game. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to stick with that, although it was not looking too good. Um, but even in game two, um, Miami got down by quite a bit, and they were, were down two starters: uh, Bam Adebayo didn't play, and Goran dragons, which is huge, um, huge losses for them. And they and they hung tough, man. They even made a run, cut it to four at one point in time, and um, the Lakers really didn't uh, pull away until like the very end of the fourth quarter. So. Right. I think uh, Miami will at least get one, so I'm still going with 4-1 uh, L.A. Well, I said 4-2 uh, because of the way that the and again, I said that in a um, kind of in a vacuum. I said it, it, you know, all things being what they are right now, everybody being healthy. Um, I, I do and, and still believe that the Lakers are just more talented. Um but those injuries are hurting. And the things that I thought that were gonna work well for the for the uh the heat, I haven't seen it since. Like I thought that their mental toughness would would uh carry them into closer games. But man, they're just getting overpowered by the just the effectiveness of Anthony Anthony Davis is just incredible. I mean, this dude was like at one point the other day, yeah, he, he was like 13. God dang. Yeah. Look, look, I'm taking math tests and I ain't got 13 out of 14, right? This dude
1: is, is right. knocking down. Exactly. And when he's in a role exactly. like that, there's nothing you can do.
0: Yeah, what do you do? How do you How do you? rebound from that, you know? Like in your mind, you just said, like, and that's the mental part that I, I keep talking about because, If this dude is hitting like that and they're still winning, because the the Lakers are rolling, yet they're only winning by 10 points or yet they're only winning by, you know, 11 or 12 points, they seem like they're right in the game. However, in your mind, as the guy that's losing, you just are like, ain't nothing we can do. This dude just went 13 or 14. This dude just got 15 rebounds just because he was around. There's nothing that we can do. We don't have the
1: equipment
0: uh effects to slow this guy down, to get in this guy's way. Like we don't have anything that can push uh, you know, the 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 barometer on this dude. This dude is just doing whatever he wants. Like when you see that, when you feel that, how do you I don't know how you rebound. I don't know, I don't know what you do. You know what I mean? Exactly. I just I just um, and, I just and- and LeBron and just being LeBron. I mean, he he's laser focused right now. Listen, um, the dudes he, don't
1: have he has sure. all
0: those guys. He has he has his uh his role players playing at a high level. Rondo, Danny Green, uh Caldwell Pope, who I don't really particularly care for at the play. I never I never saw his role even when he was like Detroit. And I'm like, this guy's just like okay, but even he's knocking down Yeah, he basically you know, basic. I, mean, I mean basic in terms of the NBA. Uh, right. Like for what NBA players are not basic, like I could beat them. I think he yeah, is a exactly. player for what the NBA actually is right now. Um, so I, I, I thoroughly agree. When he was in Detroit, and I used to see him all the time when he used to come to Cleveland, I used to be like, they keep talking about this contagious Caldwell Pope. That dude is like, damn. Right. And, and at that time, we didn't even have a great team. <laughs> you know what I mean so if I'm feeling like that when the only the best player we got is Kyrie and Deion Waiters I wasn't impressed with Kente I still am not impressed with that guy but um, I think as the, the, the finals move forward right now it's uh, they're going into the halftime with like 30 seconds left and whoo and it is 54-56 Miami um but I think yeah, I see Jr. Finally hit a shot. That fool ain't hit a shot all playoffs. I so saw he just hit a three. Listen, he ain't been in. A, he almost ain't been in uniform all playoffs. Right. It's a reason. But for that. Uh, I think I right, said, right, right where he left off in
1: 2018. Said, exactly where he left off.
0: Doing dumb shit. Uh,
1: Jr. My I'm guy. Sorry. <laughs> they you know, don't know
0: what the hell to do in Orlando, man. Because, you know, Orlando ain't close to Miami where he can get the best uh, weed. So right. he don't know what the hell to do in Central Florida. So he's just, like, in the bubble, like, he's just sitting outside, you know, picking grass, uh, petting uh, alligators and all kind of stuff. It's crazy. Right. But shout out to Bush, though, man, because he did. He was a, a definite definite key to our 2016 World Championships, So I don't want
1: Absolutely. to hear
0: him bash you or like that, but Listen, you know, he does we have to we you, We're bashing you, homie, because we love you. We don't bash, we don't too much bash people we, we don't love. Swish, so, <laughs> you my guy. I'm just giving you a little bit of grief. Um,
1: now, speaking, you know, of, grief, speaking of you know, grief, speaking of grief, real quick, I, I, I have to give that. your boy Kyrie some grief. Huh?
0: Have to give your boy Kyrie Irving a little grief right now. Uh, man, go ahead. Ridiculous. Go ahead, man. man I, I got do something to say about that. I'm glad you said it. I got something to say he's about ridiculous. that. I re Irving is ridiculous. You don't come out and say that you're gonna have cooperative coaching. Even if that's the case, you don't say that out loud. Now cuz basically what he's what he's done is he just cut off Steve Nash's balls. He took some hedge clippers and and castrated that dude. Now, So now he's going to go in the locker room and it's like, okay, now it's going to be a, be a clash because now he's going to have to put his foot down and try to put his stamp on. All the players are going to look at him like, you know, we let you come here. You know, it's going to be a hot mess. And I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a hot mess in Brooklyn. And I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to see it. So here's what I got to say about that whole situation. I, I think I think that Kyrie, if you know Kyrie, if you know anything about Kyrie, and being a little more clear, if anybody doesn't know, you know, people who follow the show or who just started following the show, uh, Kyrie Irving is my favorite player in the NBA right now. You're a Kyrie Irving apologist. I'm not i I'm not an apologist. I don't look. I don't think the world is I think that the world is round. I do. I've always thought that the world was round. I don't know what the hell he's thinking about on that. However, the Kyrie the basketball player. I love that dude. Um however, him having this opinion about I don't think people paid attention to what he actually said. Nobody read or went into the entire interview. If you go into the entire interview, it's a different. You get a whole different perspective of what he was saying. So everybody took these pieces and parts of what he said. Stephen A. Smith uh, took the parts where he said he finally got a guy on his team that could hit, uh, you know, late game shot like he does. And, you know, didn't do an interview, didn't do anything, just took somebody else's work and did an entire segment where he just tried to attempt to, to destroy Kyrie. Same thing with Kendrick Perkins. I don't know how Kendrick Perkins puts together a sentence without flossing uh, at the same time flossing uh, LeBron's boss. I just don't know how he pulled it off.
1: Uh, I mean, I've never Here, seen yeah. a, dude,
0: a grown man Ride upon a, a dude's genitalia the way that Kendrick Perkins does. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Kendrick Perkins. Go ahead and ride them balls if you want to. Uh, same thing with, with you know, uh, Stephen A. I don't, I don't understand their angle. I think part of it is that Kyrie doesn't want to do an interview with those guys, so they don't have anything to go on. They don't have any depth that they can get to, so they just say, okay, we got to talk about it because he's talking about LeBron and we can make any comments that we wanted to. Kyrie came out and said, hey, man, I, I wasn't even talking about LeBron. How many times have you made a statement in your life where you was just talking about what was in front of you at that moment and at that time, and then you look back at it and was like, oh, shit. I ain't think nobody could have thought that about what I just said. Yeah, I get that. So I get that. I think that Kyrie was speaking in a bubble. This ain't no apology. I'm not giving no apology. I don't know what Kyrie said. However, I ain't going to kill the dude, mostly because I know that Kyrie, Kyrie, thought, my thoughts are here, Kyrie's thoughts are like this. Like, <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm right. trying to understand. What I'm saying is just me trying to understand what he's talking about. Um, you know, trying to view his opinions or his thoughts in a bubble. But listen, bro, if that's what that man thinks, who the hell is you? Who the hell is me? Who the hell are we to assume that he don't know what he's talking about? This dude is still one of the most elite guys in the league. I think Steve Nash knows what he's doing. I think there's a reason that they brought Steve Nash in. And maybe that's a part of why they brought him in, because Steve Nash understands that. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think that uh, what Steve Kerr does is some uh, something no, short of what so, something short of what is what Kyrie might be talking about right now. You know what I mean? Like I think he has this because he he grew up under a field, so he got this open air thing that maybe Golden State don't talk about, excuse me, in that manner, but maybe. That's exactly what exists there, because that's one of the places that um, uh, uh, my man has come from. Uh, Steve Nash has come from, because he was a shooting coach out there. He used to uh, a consulting. I'm sorry, he was right. a consultant there. Um, so now he becomes a coach, and now you coach by committee. Think about this though, Sean. Before you, before you like kill a dude. Guess what they got in L.A.? You want to take a wild guess? A coach by committee. You telling me that Jason Kidd ain't saying a damn thing to nobody? Well, no. I don't mean that because, yeah, the assistant coaches are supposed to chime in and and, and, and help coach. But with the way that Kyrie made it sound, at least the way that I interpreted what he, what he said, was that him and KD are going to be like coaches – as well. And to me, it's something like that he was trying to neuter the coach. Like, we really don't need so, you uh, as the coach that way. Like, we're good enough with these so two. You think, you, LeBron, you, the think you think that LeBron ain't been coaching? You think that Magic Johnson wasn't a coach? You think that Mike wasn't a coach at certain points? I mean, you, On do, the have to yes. you do have to listen to your coach. I, I won't I won't argue. I will need, you'll never hear me argue that you need to over- uh, step or supersede your coach. You'll never hear me say that. However, that's that's cool. That's fine. Um, as because because as a player, you do have to coach on the court, especially as a leader on the team. That's that's yeah. that's fine. Um, but some stuff you just don't say out loud because it undermines, I think, the authority of the coach. Like we've uh, like like for 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 number one, like Tim Duncan. I'm sure Tim Duncan. Was a coach on the floor, one of the most fundamentally sound um, players in the history of the game, one of the most underappreciated um, players in the game. He wouldn't dare come out and say uh, it's a collaborative effort, um, and we don't need Pop Popovich coming and changing things around. But Pop is um, different, from different, from what we're different. We're trying to. Do. Pop is more old school than where we are right now, and, and so is Tim, too. Like it, I mean, and, and and this is the. The one caveat, this is the one small caveat. Like, I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily like where basketball is going in terms of the players and how it's. Because I'm used to the old school stuff. Yeah. Shut the hell up. Like you're saying, I'm used to the shut the hell up and just play basketball type of uh, ideology. But I see where we're going towards a different kind of of, of system or different kind of setup. And I think that the Lakers are the guys that have it first or that had it the loudest. When you have a a, a clear head coach, two clear head coaches on your bench, the Clippers have two clear head coaches on that bench. Actually, uh, outside of Doc. We got two clear head coaches. You got Sam Cassell, and you have uh, 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 Teron Luke. So there's always like this committee that could say. Now I get what you're saying. You can't always come out and 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 just speak completely and totally freely. But I'll be honest with you. I don't think Kyrie has sat down and talked to goddamn Jason uh, <laughs> kid. I mean, not Jason Kidd, but uh, Steve Nash at all. I don't think, I don't think he's had a single conversation with that guy, and, and that's like problem. a face to face. So, I agree with, with, I agree with what your grievance is. I don't necessarily agree with uh, the whole Kyrie is out of his mind because Kyrie might end up being right. Like I, the thing about Kyrie, man, I'm I'm starting to accept the shit because it's stuff that I don't like about Kyrie too. I'm just starting to accept the fact that this dude is different. He'll never be the guy that's totally understood. He'll never be the guy that says the right shit because he's a he's an outside of the box type of dude. He's never gonna be accepted for what, or people ain't gonna like ever just be like, oh, I see what you mean, Kyrie. I'm trying to see what he's saying, because I'll sometimes be like, what the hell is he talking about?
1: Like, I'll see
0: a a, a statement that he makes and I'll be like, man, what? So I had to look it up. or I have to go into it and look at it. But when I read the whole, uh, the whole itemized interview, it wasn't as bad as the clips and the pieces that people put together. Actually, sounded. I okay. kind of now maybe what I'll do is I'll go ahead and read before interviewing, and kind of you know put everything in its proper context. But you know, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll see. You
1: have think good. next year.
0: Yeah, I just think everybody is jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, Kyrie is a, is a special talent, and the crazier part is he's probably playing with the only other guy right this second that I would say is like how. How can you say you play with LeBron and KD? That's that's a hell of a you've right. had a hell of a part. Tag
1: team partners,
0: you've had some right. hell of a tag team. And KD may go down as the best pure scorer in the history
1: of the he NBA. Could
0: go to, like that. That's a discussion. I mean, well, because me and you have yeah, more this, this,
1: in okay, of this pure scorer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a man I, can I, score I, I would.
0: I got a couple arguments for that, but I can't argue too hard on that either. I think KD b- b- belongs in that conversation. I agree with you, but uh, I got a couple names that I could throw out there that you would probably at least nod your head to if I if I brought them up from Bernard Kings and Chuck Person to Reggie. I mean, just putting up digits. Please, please, please don't put Chuck Person in the same conversation with Kevin Durant. Man, listen, please. Chuck, Pers- put up digits, bro. Please don't put the yeah. rifleman
1: in the same. Chuck could put so
0: up yes, digits. Yes, Chuck, Pers- you know what? We end up going on a tangent and we're not going to because go- we'll sit here and have this podcast going oh, for 20 and a half. Listen, we gotta have, look, we're going to have a show about just pure shooters and a league. Yeah, we and we can I'm do already that. Got Adrian Dudley, uh Alex English. Oh, no. you going to put the- in the same category as Kevin Durant? Man, come on, bro. We are probably going go to throw Jeff Malone in there, too. While you at it, go ahead and throw Jeff, Jeff Malone, Malone in there. Listen, like i tell you what. Jeff Malone with the bullets used to fill it up, homie. When he was with the bullets, he's not, Jeff Malone he's was not still a uh, uh,
1: Jeff Malone was the same skill.
0: Yes, well, he could. Them dudes, listen, them dudes wasn't seven foot and nobody can touch them, too. Jeff Malone like was, if, was a great player. They sport, had that and the, the Bullets won 35 games every year. But well, listen, we ain't talking about the games you won. We're talking about the scores. We're talking about how you can score, bro. And I can't again, believe you can said that. And again, when well, you playing a game where people can put their hand in your back and swipe at you and pull on you, versus a game where you, the game was wild. You trolling right now? I can't believe you just that you putting Chuck Person, Chuck Connor's well, person, the well, rifle, well, let, let me just in the same category. Let Kevin me rephrase. You still stuck on Chuck Person, so you ain't hear none of yeah. the other dudes I just brought up. They was equally as ridiculous. <laughs> you kidding me <laughs> right now? You know, so, so, so wait. So, Alex English ain't a great scorer. No, oh, the great scorer. But he's Alex, not. He's Alex not a not great scorer. Adrian, Dan- Adrian Danley ain't a great scorer. Bernard King ain't a great scorer. Man, Adrian Dantley got all his points Tim from the free throw line. Score? Huh? Their great scores, but they're not on the level of Kevin Durant. Durant can score from anywhere on the floor and handle the ball. He's seven foot tall. It's a he's from a different level. Oh, he not disagree. But he's seven foot tall and he plays in a different era of the game. Can he? Can he do the exact same thing with people touching him up? So I can't take away what those guys had to deal with to equate to what this guy don't have to deal with. I think when you put those errors and you use you shave off the things that didn't happen over here, and then you add the things that do happen over here, I think they equate. Because I tell you right, what, well, when you got guys that used to play with broke feet, broke fingers, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, bulging disc. And you still go out there and get 35 points tonight, they're not dealing with all of this stuff today, so I can't say now that. that you're not I, I agree score. with you, I agree with you on that. Now, this is those guys weren't great scorers, but I don't think they're on the level of uh, of Kevin Durant. But like I said, that's something we have to discuss another day. Maybe we'll have a yeah, special yeah, look, segment look, where we get to argue about current, stuff
1: like this. This is ridiculous, look,
0: that's this crazy. Tomorrow, this little bitty two-hour show about to turn into a seven-hour show. <laughs> yeah, we, can say, we can argue about that all Man, night. We'll be, listen, we'll be here giving each other the level of grief that don't nobody need to get nobody. We'll, <laughs> we don't need to get <laughs> on, on a great football Sunday where the Browns are three and one. We don't need yeah. to beat each other up this kind of way.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. talking about, look, look, talking
0: about players, look talking about players that never played for the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: all right you know man what? so you wanna we'll go ahead
0: and go ahead go ahead bro what you say I understand you want to go ahead and, and wrap this one up for tonight yeah we're gonna go ahead uh we're gonna wrap this Particular show. Uh, before I close though, man, I got to give a shout out to uh, my mom, Dukes, uh, Pam Burton. Uh, today is her birthday. She is uh, 64 young years old. All right. Happy birthday, Miss Burton. Uh, matter of fact, birthday. I saw your mom last day too. Yeah. Yo, happy birthday, mom. I love you. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say I hope <laughs> and we're 64 more, but I don't look I don't want you to go nowhere. I want you to be here with me forever. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out <Exactly>. to, <laughs> Shout out exactly. to, uh, happy to birthday. Mondo. Uh happy birthday all that good stuff uh to you guys, the fans as we continue to gather some level of momentum, to gather uh some level of a uh, followership. I just A I want to say thank you uh B I want to say if you guys need to uh, contact us to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach us at two guys, T W O, guys, and a mic, M I C 216, at gmail.com. Email us, let us know how you like the show. Hell, email us and tell us how you don't like the show. Uh, email us and tell us how you think we can improve the show. We're open to everything. It doesn't mean we're going to listen to you, it doesn't mean that we won't. Uh, But we would enjoy the feedback because at least that lets us know that you guys are interested on a certain level. So, uh, you know, check us out. We also have a YouTube page. Check us out at Two Guys and a Mic uh, 216 on YouTube. Uh, You can actually see us. You can see myself. I'm the much better looking one, Ron Pierce. (laughs) 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 So... (laughs) So, but uh, again, at the end of the day, man, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate uh, even assuming that we have guys that want to hear what we got to say. But the crazier part about myself and about Sean, we've been doing this exact same thing for damn near 40 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly.
0: But us. <laughs> this is how we talk for real. when We're on the phone yeah, or in person. Having a couple of beers, chopping it up. This is exactly how we talk. So this is a legitimate phone call for me and him. A two-hour phone call, and actually, we've been on the phone for five, six hours before. So, uh, but we uh, are grateful that you guys can join us. We're grateful that you guys might even care that you know what we think and what our opinion is. Exactly. Uh, so, my, my shouts out to you guys. Also, Sean. Hope pray that you guys have a, that you have a good week this week. I would also like to have some cookies at some point. I don't know if I got to come pick them boys up myself. But I know you've been slanging over. Yeah, I deliver. Over there. I deliver. All right, for I any time. Just, all right, anytime. Anytime right, you homie. want to put hey, in listen. an order, I got you. Hey, listen, man. Hug and kiss your mom and your grandma for me, man. Love you. And uh, I will see you. I right, love you, too, bro. Me a week, bro. Right? Yes, sir. All,
1: all right, right, man. America, you have a good mind. night, and thank you for coming in. Peace.
0: This is two guys in a mic. Your hosts are Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Our show is sponsored by the Christian Jaden Project. They can be reached. On Facebook and on Instagram at The Christian Jaden Project. Also, they can be reached on the web at TheChristianJadenProject.org. We're also sponsored by Renegade Soul. Renegade Soul can be reached on Facebook as well as on Instagram at RenegadeSoul216 and on the web at Renegadesoul216.com. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys on our midweek
1: show. Peace.